healthcare. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Nearly a two-word review just said, shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. Welcome back to Music Lovers to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin. As usual, we're so happy to have you back here, hanging out at the tiny shack once again. Got a great little episode for you today. Now, we cover all kinds of music, not just both kinds. All kinds of music, and that is why we're talking about Taylor Swift today. Uh, you know, if you look back to the archives, we covered her starting about like 1989, I think, and that's because our good friend Eduardo is a huge Swifty, and um, and in general, I think Taylor Swift make good, makes good pop music. So, so it's something that we like to get into. There's a whole this whole poptimist movement or whatever. You know, I think it's okay to just say you like pop and you also like punk and you also like whatever it's it's fine to like what you like is what i'm saying uh but she has a new album out called lover it is an astonishingly uh long 18 tracks uh and it is um well we're gonna talk about it but it's it's either a uh, return to form for her or or maybe signaling a new era for her or maybe neither Maybe it's a mystery, but we're going to try to get to the bottom of that. So that's what we're doing today. And, and at the back end of this, we're going to play a track from a guy who reminds me quite a bit of our good friend Phil Cook. King Corduroy uh, has a new album out or a new EP out. And so we're going to be spinning a track off of that. Before we get to that, though, I know you guys love music and that's why you're listening to this podcast. But uh, do you know about the Osiris Podcast Network? We are a partner with them along with our sister podcast, Dead to Me. Uh, which has a new episode out today as well, honestly. And uh, these guys are great. You go to OsirisPod.com, and there's uh, just a whole variety of shows with artist interviews uh, talking about uh, to all things music, basically. Anything music-related, they're, they're covering it out there, and they're really starting to grow and expand into different types of content. We're helping them do that, and it is a, it's been a joy working with RJ and Tom over there at OsirisPod.com. And also, they're a partner with Jambase. You know they are the sort of preeminent people who cover jam music in these in this 21st century, and uh, and go to jambase.com. You can see all of that stuff. So great stuff. Happy to be partner with them. Uh, with that out of the way, and the bills paid, let's get to it. We're going to talk about Taylor. Going to kick it off with a song that is all about her, me, with Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco. This is Taylor Swift of her new album, Lover. Find another like me. Walk up. 
Swift off her how many albums is that now, Eduardo? Well, we apparently it's seven. It's seven. <laughs> I it's seven. It was, I could have sworn it was six, but in my defense, I really don't like uh, Speak Now and Fearless, so I sort of combine them into one record. And artists, if Eduardo <laughs> doesn't like your album, it does not exist. Just know that. Uh, you know, and honestly, that seems like way too low for the amount of cachet and fame that she has. I was thinking somewhere up in the high forties. <laughs> yeah, but, but maybe not. Uh, I don't. I don't think we need to do really an introduction for Taylor Swift. Do you guys know who she is? I, we've talked about albums of hers since 1989. Trolled uh, mm-hmm. Paul very efficiently and got him to listen to 1989. <laughs> uh, and then Reckless, and then this or, or, or Reputation, Re- Re- Reputation yeah. in, in 2017. And uh, supposedly on, on this album, what we see is a softer side of of miss swift and she is in love she's deeply in love and it's a good relationship and and uh i'm just gonna say we've heard that shit before taylor (laughs) so that's how we're going into this album i um you are a super fan i'm not but i do enjoy a good bop and this is one of the things that i have always had a problem with taylor swift is that she reached she's reached that rarefied air where she can literally shift the culture and and if you don't believe me, look at all the writers who would never write about Taylor Swift who were falling all over this week, right. uh, like who were like as if this changed their lives or stuff. And that's perfectly okay if you admit to liking a pop song. You should like pop music, but it mm-hmm. shouldn't just be Taylor that brings this out in you. Uh, but but what to my mind the theme of this album is is it's sort of uh, schizophrenic. She there is. Part of this album that is her in love, that could be a serious take on on her sort of modern romance. I think uh, Chris Richards, our friend Chris Richards, nailed it in the headline for the Washington Post. Taylor Swift keeps getting older without growing up, and she couldn't leave it behind. And and there's a there's a quote in the actual uh, bio for this. If you open it up in like iTunes and stuff, it says. Tony, these songs couldn't be more different than 2017's vengeful and self-conscious reputation. My point is, is that she can't even help but throw shade on herself. (laughs) Who is this monster that has taken over the charts? Well, I think, uh, man, that's a loaded, that's a loaded framing job right there. Um, Well, let me, let me, let me go back. Thank you, sir. I've had a lot of practice. (laughs) (laughs) Let me, uh, let me go back to the. Um, the kind of the starting premise here, which is, um, and actually one of the very first critiques of this album that landed was uh, a tweet from you to me mm-hmm. um, asking why there were 17 songs on this godforsaken album. And no um, space whales. Yeah, and no space whales. <laughs> no Steve Howe, no Steve Howe sit in. Like... Right, right. And actually, I take that back. There's 18 songs on the album. Um, if If she had pulled the right eight or nine songs... Yeah. Uh, and put an out like like I think part of the issue with Lover is that as an album, it's not that successful. 
Um, And that's because there are a lot of kind of filler songs here that um, that almost feel like songs that, um, you know, Taylor Swift could write without without really putting pen to paper. Like she could just show up Hmm. and like ad lib half of these songs. Um, And uh, and that's a little and and I think those songs for me are the ones that are especially glaring in terms of like not having uh, that feeling. of reflecting her age. And this is something that, you know, we complained about. Um, we've complained about this with, I think, a lot of artists. Um, it came up a little bit when we were talking about the Carly Rae album, yeah, um, yeah. which to my mind is 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 much better than this as an album. Oh, the Carly Rae album is a classic compared yeah. to this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a classic period. You don't have to, you don't have to. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think, you know, you know, the other example, um, uh, is sort of, you know, Adam, I don't know, Adam Levine and Maroon 5 sing songs as though Adam Levine is not like a skeevy 37 year old who right. only dates models. Right. Um, he right. sings like he's a sensitive guy. Um, Adele, uh, as we mentioned, like has not broken up with anyone in a while, I think. And yet all she puts out are like torch songs, um, yeah. even though she's like, you know, raising a kid and, and being kind of a normal, happy woman. So there's this thing with pop about the sort of whether artists can ever like whether they can escape the persona that they've created and and frankly reputation gave taylor swift a perfect excuse to do that and it seems like in hindsight maybe reputation is going to look like a weird blip on her output rather than a new direction because this feels I mean, very much it, like did it because like i mean here here's my feeling about this is that if and you, and you echo i'm echoing your comment if you take half this album, it's it might be a good album. You polish it up, and and it's like because I don't I don't personally have any investment in Taylor Swift, her love life, anything. Uh, I want a good pop song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't necessarily even care who it comes from. Like there's no brand yeah. loyalty to who, who delivers <laughs> right. me my pop. But but she goes back and forth to these like songs that that are all about her being in love. To just attacking somebody, and even uh, my favorite part of this, which is why I, I kind of wonder if she's a sociopath. And I forgot that you existed. How many days did I spend thinking about how you did me wrong, wrong, wrong? Lived in the shade you were throwing till all of my sunshine was gone, gone, gone. And I couldn't get away from ya. In my feelings more than Drake, so yeah, your name on my lips, tongue tied, free rent. So she forgot so hard that this guy existed that she kicked her fucking album off with it. <laughs> and, 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 and that is what, uh, that's the whole problem with this for me is that it, it has become all narrative and we aren't in the industry. We don't know the pressures of that. We don't know the pressures to sell, but it is very much about 
pleasing her demographic. And there's fully half this album that is just simply those people that's, that heard the last album and were like, yeah, you know what? Revenge and shit is pretty cool. And is that and, – and that's my problem with Taylor is that she shouldn't that's, – that's not a good role model, dude. Well – well, it's it's to me, you know, it's not the same as, um, um, I'll, you know, I'll pick on someone who needs no picking on um, Kanye West. But, you know, Ada, well, like, I mean, Ada, I mean, I, a, I mean, he needs no picking on because he's obviously a fucking problem. And uh, there's, a, there's a parallel here now. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, but I think I think even even in that in that. Well, first of all, only one of them owns a MAGA hat. So let's be very clear about that. Sure, um, sure. Sec- secondly. Eight, like 808s is the entire album is directed at one person that he was really angry at, right? Mm-hmm. He basically was like, I'm so angry at this one person that I'm going to go in and record this whole album all about my pain. And I'm going to call her out specifically. Does he drop her phone number on the record? Or I can't, I can't remember, but yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, I, I guess as a, as a unified statement, um, th- th- there's not more merit to something like that as much as there is. There's a methodology to it. That's not his M.O. is what I'm saying. Taylor's M.O. is date a guy, break up with the guy, write a song about the guy that doesn't address how shitty she was. Except now she's talking about how shitty she was. Occasionally she does do that. And and that to me is – is it, it uh, juvenilizes relationships. And you could argue that her audience is tween – and whatnot, but and that's who's buying it all. But she's not; she's almost thirty. And you, when people get to thirty, if they still behave that way, you recognize them as having, uh, having social problems. To be quite honest, well, she, you know, uh, I mean, so I think I think we should separate the kind of the 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 pop um, character or the persona from from maybe the real life person. I think I think that can we? Um, that that's the question. Can we? Um, it's it's difficult to know because her her image is very kind of well cultivated, but she doesn't you know I don't I don't I don't think she, I think she she is very good at playing an in love or a forlorn uh, kind of person um, you know even on a song like on Red which is probably still my favorite album of hers like on All Too Well you know the which is argue, which is thought to be about <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, you know the the line is that you know maybe this thing was a masterpiece before I tore it all up. You know she's not. You know the the idea that that she may be the one fucking these relationships up is not new terrain for her. Um, I think I think where it's off putting is that she is so in love with that first moment of love, that first glimpse of like attraction. Right. Right. Um, and so all her songs are about the first time you take someone's hand, or you know where I stood was holy ground, or. Um, and so, and and it's it's fertile ground for her, and people are always falling in and out of love. So there's always you know someone to relate to that. I think, and, and I guess that's my point though, is that there is more to love than that. And correct, and and so she's preying on that the people that don't understand that there is not more to love than that. And by amplifying that, to my mind, she's saying she's reinforcing that there it that there is only that to love. Uh, and it, it's like people who think that like. Rom coms are real life. We both right. love rom coms, but sure they're not they're not real life. That's why we love them. Like there's nothing yeah. about that in there's there's no rom com that could actually be true. None. Zero. It hasn't been made. 
And and so what she's doing with by doing these songs and taking that stance is subverting a whole uh, generation of kids that that are going to have real problems interacting with people. Uh, and maybe that's how, look. Maybe that's how the planet dies, and maybe that's a good thing. Well, there's there's certain things. <laughs> Millennials that are, yeah. are having less I'm, sex. Is I what mean, I'm saying. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's there's certain um, you know pop does certain things very well as an idiom, um, mm. and this isn't a new phenomenon, right? It's not like if you go back to the '50s, pop songs were all about like how you ate a dinner that didn't agree with you and spent the night on the toilet, like. Uh, you know, pop songs have always been about that moment, that that magic moment. Um, and and so there there is like a sanitized version of of reality that that is kind of suffocating from this. And that's you know, I think that's, again, my my knock on the album is that it would have been nice to see more um, more maturity. The songs, the songs that that work for me. Um, do kind of subtly break a little bit out of um, the the kind of the Taylor Swift uh, mold. Um, Cornelia Street is actually, it, it plays like a breakup song, but it's not. It's a song about being um, so in love that if you were to break up, you would, you know, have to separate yourself from this physical place. We put a fresh page on the desk, filling in the blanks as we go. As if the street lights pointed in an arrowhead leading us home. And I hope I never lose you, hope it never ends. I never walk Cornelia Street again. That's the kind of heartbreak time could never mend. I never walk Cornelia Street again. And baby, That's a, that's a, that's sort of a a, a, a patient song um, by by Taylor Swift standards, and it's and, and and again, it's subtle. If you're not paying attention to it, it sounds like you know that she can't walk Cornelius Street again. What she's saying is that this um, her memories of it are such that um, you know the way she repeats that line at the end. Um, you know, I rent a place on Cornelia Street. Um, she's sort of thinking back on that first time they went back to her place. I guess um, it's a it's a it's, it's sort of a different take on things um for her yeah yeah songs like the archer and daylight are both songs about her um whether she does this successfully or not we can sort of debate but i think i think what she's trying to do is to acknowledge um the fact that she can be difficult or challenging or um or just a yeah just a difficult well i, person I to think be with. i think the line in daylight is is really what she's the album she was trying to make here is, is i want to be defined by the things that i love not the things i hate and then later on in the song it says you are what you love. Those are those are good things. Those are good things in the world. That's yeah. that's what we that's what we want. That's what we listen to pop music for. We don't listen to it to like my squad against your squad. At least we didn't yeah. used to. I'm gonna sound like a real old man. I think he called me out on this, but like you know, it it is okay to have it be about love and that tingly feeling and 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 even like that heartbreak that you feel. But when it becomes that spiteful stuff, you know, right after. Uh, it's this whiplash in this album because right after 
Cornelia Street, uh, she's saying death by a thousand cuts, and she's trying to like say how traumatic it was or that she's over it. And but she says, if the story's over, why am I still writing pages? And, and if she's yeah. so in love, there's no reason. And again, this is her not separating her artistic persona from her personal persona. It's not us. Well, she's she's you know I think I think that that um, there was um, I'm sort of copying um, a few paragraphs from an old New Yorker story about mm-hmm. her, maybe, which is that I think early on for a lot of her fans, you know, she was the every girl. She was she was this young person who had sort of, you know, um, kind of emerged and gone and become a superstar quickly. And she was dating all these famous people. And so there was this vicarious sense of like, you know, what it's like for a, a normal person to date John Mayer or Jake Gyllenhaal or... Uh, you know, but a normal person doesn't. That, that's, well, well, that's, and that was, and that was, but that was, yeah. that was the illusion that she was selling, right? Is that, is that you're sort of getting to, getting to see it through her eyes? That's and, sociopathic, and they, though. They are uh, because you eyes. can't sell that. You can't. I mean, you the, in in the olden days, <laughs> it was it was getting the prettiest girl in school if you're a guy, getting the getting the the captain of the football team. Not a multi-million dollar like worldwide celebrity, and and this is part the fault of the culture that that's what we pin our hopes on. But th- there is no normalizing like this. Well, I think she's, her life. I, I think she's embraced a little bit the idea that she's that she is often the powerful one um, mm. in these relationships, and I think she sort of says like. You know, I, you know, what's the Sylvia Plath line? Like, I eat men like air. Like, there's a little bit of a sense of like, hey, you know, if some if I, I'm into some guy and if I get tired of him, guess what? Like, I can I can make him go away. Like that I, only surfaces can... that only surfaces on the track The Man, which is one of the uh, best tracks on this album, I think. And this is uh, but go ahead and smash the patriarchy. To commit to. And that would be OK for me to do. Every conquest I had made would make me more of a boss to you. I'd be a fearless leader. I'd be an alpha type. When everyone believes ya, what's that like? I'm so sick of running as fast as I can. Wondering if I'd get there quicker if I was a man. And I'm so sick of them coming at me again. Cause if I was a man, then I'd be the man. So, you know, that song is what we want from a mature Taylor Swift album, right? It it has it there's a lot uh it's a it's a fun it's a fun song. It's simple. Yeah. Um it's a, you know, but it's it's a very and it's it's a great, you know, she can she can be she can be big and powerful and this huge pop star, but but she's still sort of is is part of a society that paints her differently than it does men who behave like her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, that's, that's, you know, we were, we, we, we called her to task, I think many times for, uh, for her silence during the 2016 election, for example. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and she has, she's spoken to that since then and, and, and essentially said, um, that the dynamics of that race were such that she thought she would hurt it by, by being involved. And she was also kind of, you know, uh, sort of a super pariah at the time because of the Kanye Kardashian stuff, um, and and so you know I I I I tend to think that um, 
she might have she might have been able to help but she but but it's 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 i take her at her word that she thought about being involved and decided not to and the implication is that you know she will be more outspoken on some issues going forward she was in the in the midterms this year she you know she uh, she tried to get um she tried to bring about some change in in tennessee um she did she did and 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 that's and look i don't need this is weird for me to say i don't need like high political action out of this particular pop star um but it, it is the again it's the flip side it's leaving all the stuff that she should have cut off like you know what that's the old me and and she even acknowledges in certain songs in this that like that wasn't like necessarily good it's not good for people to like feel that they should just have revenge on people just yeah. because they 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 don't love them anymore or they slept with somebody else like this it's th- that's not how <laughs> well she and uh, she people... and Katy Perry no longer have beef so that's well yeah they they healed <laughs> but that was a whole video right with yeah. ninjas and shit and yeah. and 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 that shades of this pop up on this even though she's trying to present herself as not that person anymore says so she's absolutely that person she's just like found something else to sort of commodify which is oh guys have you ever known what it's like to be in love it's it's i mean yeah. it's almost like trump saying like hey, you guys ever heard the word air I, nobody's heard of air but uh, and 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 look that's what our world has come to it's not her fault like this this is this is this is our fault this is we are we just want this generality but do we really it, it, it is um I think I think to the to the point you made earlier, you know, she's someone who could really kind of move the needle um, and change yeah. the underni- underlying dynamic of of pop. And it was interesting in that Chris Richards piece, he mentioned Lil Nas X um, and the idea that someone had just you know uh, been on top of the charts for several weeks with a song about horses. Um, but you know, I also go horses to, yeah. in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I also I also go to. Um, I also go to Lizzo, right? Who sort of made an album that is that is exuberant and positive and, and sex positive and life affirming and um, and about um, being the best you. Um, it doesn't have it doesn't have the same um, in Lizzo's telling. It doesn't have the same edge of like someone having to be put down to have that exactly that that feeling of exuberance. Um, uh, you know, I I I I think that. Um, where I think a more focused album would have really um, would have really helped shift uh, the narrative here. I think um, you know the songs that we've that we've mentioned, um, and you could even throw like a Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that could be the centerpiece. I'll throw, of I'll a, throw a Paper Rings in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think Smash could, the Capitalist Society, lady, like, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. to it. Uh, um, I, I think I think though, like too, like. Uh, Soon you'll get better. Feature it's yeah. Dixie Chicks on that. There's a lot of relevance to that, and it's about her mom having cancer. The buttons of my coat were tangled in my hair in doctor's office lighting. I didn't tell you I was scared. That was the first time we were there. Holy orange bottles. Each night I pray to you. Desperate people find faith, so now I pray to Jesus too. Say to you, ooh, soon you'll get better. Ooh, soon you'll get better. Ooh, 
having the Dixie Chicks on that track is an interesting choice because they're not really doing Dixie Chick things. And my only um, my only guess there is that maybe her mom is a huge Dixie Chicks fan, and that that was sort of a way to like tie that well, into. I mean, she's this. from Nashville. I yeah. mean, Taylor's aged it. Like, yeah, I, I just I just mean that on an album where she's sort of like espousing some political viewpoints for the first time, to have the Dixie Chicks on, not in service of that, but rather in service of a song well, to your mom, feels feels like an interesting. To my thesis, choice. to my thesis, that's why she's schizophrenic and, and a sociopath, because because like the Dixie Chicks can do whatever they want, right? Right. And so you would think the whip would crack and they'd be like Dixie Chicks, do the Dixie Chicks thing, but they let them not. They're just there. Yeah. And and it doesn't feel like a cheap like tacked on. Like if 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 this was cheap and tacked on, there'd be like Blake Shelton on a track. There'd be like <laughs> Rustin Kelly on a track. Casey yeah. Musgraves would be here. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, and and it doesn't. It feels honest and it and it feels earned and it feels like uh, a song that is like definitively from the heart and something that you can latch on to. And it, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's it's I think by far the most kind of. Um, complete and successful song on the record it's a tough listen because it's it's it is powerful and it's it's a it's a really sad um moving song but yeah and it's about stuff that you're going through now like yeah you know, with sure. your family um you know cancer is just yeah literally eats you alive kids <laughs> i mean yeah, um, <laughs> and, and until, yeah. until you get your head around that like you don't understand cancer yeah uh, I, I think i think as far as as the rest of the album goes i you know uh the way I'm going to think of it is that the the few songs that I will I will um, kind of pull forward from here for me as a as a as a Swifty um, are going to be some of the songs that that to me hit a slightly different note. False God is another one that mm-hmm. has a sort of weird, slow, kind of almost menacing quality to it. But we might just get a- something about her, her phrasing and her and the, the rhythm of the song that I find really um, compelling. Um, but, you know, I'm certainly not going to go back to a song like London Boy, which I think is just basically <laughs> a waste of four minutes. But, um, but, but on an album where it's just about her being in love, that'd be fine. It, but it'd be weightless yeah, pop. I is, agree. I agree with this crap. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is uh, to me, it is objectively a song of like, I just want to show that I know some some English slang and it's just, it's a, it's Does a, she? I, I really, you know, Oh wow. You know, you know, they call it uni Taylor. That's really impressive. Ooh. Um, it's, it's, you know, I think, I think there's a few too many moments like that. And so, um, uh, it would have, it, it's, it's really, it's really interesting to imagine if this, if this had been a tighter album, like 1989, where she was going for a particular mood and sought to sustain it. Um, throughout um, in, you know, 50 minutes as opposed to 73 or whatever this is. It's endless. <laughs> <laughs> this album is infinite. I still I still sort of need to, like, make a little more sense of it. It's been weird to, like, to have, you know, the three things that have been on rotation in my life for the past week are this album, The Purple Mountains, and American Beauty by The Grateful Dead. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's yeah. quite a bit of whiplash going back and forward between uh, between those three records. So I feel like I need some some time to just see if like 
songs from this pop up on shuffle or something and see if I feel differently about them. But, but I have to, you know, my, my overwhelming sense of it is that, um, there are those, those few songs that I, that I, that I do enjoy. And that I think are strong songs. Um, and I, uh, but I feel like the album on the whole is not all that successful for me. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and that was the positive I, review on this. On yeah. This episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, man, I, no, I, I, I echo that. And I, and I feel like, uh, you know, I mentioned that people falling all over themselves to review this and, and because Taylor drives units. I forget the she does yeah. the thing is is that it is the most streamed Apple Music album. Oh, it's already the album of the year. It's already yeah yeah yeah. And and so she drives units, and that's where we're at. Lest anybody listening to this uh, believes otherwise, that that's it's units. Like we're at the end. <laughs> we can see the drain of this industry going down when that's all that matters. But I think, given the albums we've talked about this year, that that. She has like real competition now. You mentioned him like Carly Rae Jepsen, yeah, uh, Lizzo especially. I mean, Lizzo should be like tripling like her sales and downloads. Yeah, there, there's there's no and, and that's I think strictly on the public. There's no excuse for you basic ass motherfuckers to not be listening to, to Lizzo. If you love if you if this is if this appeals to you and you think it's your jam, imagine it like. Teen times better just inhabiting your body yeah <laughs> like taking you on a journey through the universe that's lizzo and to some extent carly ray jepson uh it's it's way more human for sure mm -hmm. well well the the weekend the lizzo album came out um i heard it everywhere like all of dc was yeah. listening to it that oh weekend. definitely all of dc um and uh, i have not had that experience with with lover um you don't you don't see people like pulling up at a red light and uh you know bumping um cruel summer or uh i forgot well, that you existed so it's music you don't have to think about and you don't have to think about liking yeah and and it will you know if you if um like a few times a week i end up in a situation in the car where it's just easier to listen to like pop than to put something mm -hmm. on and this is gonna you know it, it, it when you realize that those are her peers um you know this album's gonna fit you know, right in there with with Ariana and Demi and Ed Sheeran and um, and your Sam Smiths and all the other sort of people who are um, yeah. The charts. But, it's just not a very imaginative space, and it's sort of you know you know Taylor used to bring some um, a little bit more insight uh, to the party, um, and certainly you know there was there was something about her energy and, and her perspective that that felt. Um, that felt like you wanted to hear more, and this is the first album where I was sort of like, um, I think I, I think I wanted a, I think I, I think I need a little more focus, Taylor. It's flawed. Right. Yeah, like, no, listen it to, it listen to it, man. Listen to it, you know. But it's don't it it if it ends up on your list, don't at the end of the year, the best of list, don't talk to me. That's what I'm. <laughs> Do not come to Milwaukee and meet me at the Cactus Club and buy a High Life and talk to me about Taylor Swift with with Taylor, my Taylor with Swift. my with my 180 gram lover on vinyl. Oh shit! Did you order the vinyl? Uh, it's not. It's not available. She, um, Are you her, lying? 
Um, I'm. Are I, you lying to me right now, Eduardo? I, Eduardo, I, we've known each other a long time. Come on, I, dude. I, the question I'm <laughs> sidestepping is whether I would have ordered it if I had been able to. I, I, I'm, I don't think I'm prepared to answer that today. But uh, okay. Right. But um, as of right now, it's not an option. So okay. I'm okay. Okay. Well, good. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Come back. Uh, maybe I don't know. Go out and listen to us Swift or something, and uh, we'll come back with uh, something else to put in your head. Taylor Swift's Lover is available everywhere you can buy fine records. I don't know. Maybe you maybe you love Taylor. Maybe we just made you angry or maybe you're just like, man, finally somebody said it about Taylor. I don't know. It doesn't matter, man. If you like this stuff, then you like this stuff, and that's great. That is great. And um, I know Eduardo does, and uh, we'll probably continue to talk about her. She's – regardless of the content, she's a remarkable artist. That, that I think we can all uh, sort of confirm – in our in our worldviews, that Taylor Swift is actually factually a remarkably talented musician. So there is that. Speaking of talented musicians, I want to talk to you about King Corduroy right now. This is a guy I uh, sort of traveled the world or traveled America and writing songs uh, straight from the heart. He has a new album out called Avalon Avenue. It's an EP. Uh, described NPR music said a little Dr. John, a little Leon Russell, and a whole lot of cosmic country cool. I don't know about the cosmic country, but I do know that he reminds me a whole lot of our good friend Phil Cook. It's soulful. It is. Uh, it is about love. So we're staying on brand. You know, talking about Taylor, talking about love. Now this is King Corduroy talking about love, and uh, you know, it's just something that uh, it came across our inbox, and I thought, man, this is pretty dang good. So we're going to play a track for you right now. Here's Everyone Has to Love off of King Corduroy's Avalon Avenue. If you're everywhere, everywhere, then you have no then you know where It don't matter where you go Just what you do When you get there Lord, when you get there I've always been in love The direction has changed No one want to be alone Swerve earth away But I left my heart in that place I know everyone, everyone has to love someone They all gotta love someone Gonna know when you find one. 
Everyone has to love King Corduroy there of his album or EP, Avon Avenue. It's a great little listen, so uh, check it out. It's up on all the streaming stuff. Looks like he's doing a little tour uh, down around the south. And uh, this was recorded at Muscle Shoals, so that makes uh, makes a good bit of sense. But but, uh, he's going to be out there. I think he's going to be someone you want to pay attention to if you don't know him already. And, uh, you know, this whole stuff is great. Great country stuff, country and soul. Uh, Memphis stack sound and stuff is uh, it's coming back, and I dig it. I dig it the most. Uh, so check him out, check Taylor out, and we are out of here for this episode of Discologist. If you like what you heard, do us a favor and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, or leave us a rating or message there. Not or leave us and leave us a rating or message there. You can also listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. We are out there on all the socials as at Chunky Glasses, and that's because we are a Chunky Glasses production. If you go to chunkyglasses.com, you can find all our podcasts. All of them. All 439 of them? Yeah, that's how many. Uh, all of them there, up there, plus the amazing live coverage of people like Mauricio Castro and Avery Junius out there in Washington, D.C. Uh, right now covering shows like nobody's business, and they are the best in the business, so check them out as well. Also, don't forget to check out our sister podcast, Dead to Me. It's at deadtomepod.com. If you are at all curious about the dead, you're going to love that, and, uh, and it's great. Yeah, so we're out of here. So hang tight. We're going to be back in a few short days. Until then, you know, listen to some good music. Get out there and be good to each other. And most importantly, be good to yourself. Talk to you soon.
<laughs> 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 Kenobi.